Although Title IX has been historically linked to women's participation in sports, it really applies to all aspects of women's lives. During an interview many years ago for U.S. Soccer, Mia Hamm was asked about Title IX. And in her answer, she referred to how many people say, I'm the best women's soccer player in the world. I don't think so. And because of that, someday, I just might be. Title IX may have given women protection under the rule of law, but what it truly did was give women an opportunity to prove themselves and gave them a voice that is now, 45 years later, shaped women's lives well beyond the field of sports. And in today's climate of political change, where women are on the ballot in more states and races than any time in history, we're going to discuss women, sports, and politics with one of my good friends from back in high school. Come join us on another episode of the Exit 34 podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Exit 34 podcast. This is Joshua Spencer hosting you once again, and I'm so pleased to be able to introduce a friend of mine from a long time ago in our high school days. She's joining us all the way down south from her home down in Greenville, South Carolina, Miss Kylie Kyles Gradecki. Welcome to the show, Kylie. (laughs) Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I'm so happy we were able to finally get together and do do this because it's we're gonna have a long conversation well hopefully not too long but we're gonna have a fruitful conversation about women and you're like a great person to have this conversation with. well I would hope so because I am a woman so I'll do the best I can here. you sure are <laughs> and it's gonna be a fun conversation because we're gonna talk about just overall the the topic of women is so prevalent right now especially uh, I wanted to talk to you about sports and women but also just the overall goings-on right now of women in society. One of the first things I wanted to jump in and talk with you about is elections and the amount of women that are going to be are that are running. Information I have here is since 1952, white women have been voting Republican in a majority for every election other than two. In 1964 and in 1996, white women were the majority for the Democrats, but in every other election, white women vote Republican. Now, I feel like in the last election, it was such a hot topic because Hillary Clinton, being a, a woman, lost the election to Donald Trump. 53% of white women voted for Trump. And considering all the issues with Trump, I'm wondering from a woman's perspective, everybody seems to put everything on women's shoulders, especially right now. It's all on women. Why do the majority of white women have a tendency to vote conservatively in presidential elections? You know, it's a great question, and it's and it like you said, it's a timely topic. It's interesting from my perspective too. Now that I'm down in South Carolina, so being up in Massachusetts most of my life, and now being down in South Carolina, it's really complete opposite ends of the spectrum. To be honest with you, and I think that historically, a lot of women have voted Republican because their spouse, typically a a white male, if you're a white woman and if you're married to a white male, a lot of that happens to be part of the household vote, right? And so it's kind of like a family decision. So I think historically it's been that way, but now with, you know, just this day and age, and then obviously like here we are talking on a podcast. So like you have all of this social media, you know, there's just so much more access 
And I think that there's a movement too beyond just women allowed to speak for themselves and think for themselves. You know, it, it was kind of like groundbreaking in the 70s, 60s and 70s, right? But now it's taken to this whole nother level where it's just infinite possibilities and it's just open to be like, hey, like you really can do anything you want to do and you can think how you want to think and you don't have to agree with your partner male or female, whoever it may be, you have that ability to think for yourself. And so I think historically, that's why it happened is just because it was kind of the decision, quote unquote, of the household, where now um, you're seeing that shift. Do you think it's clearly just patriarchal? Do you think it was that that idea, that ha- that household thing? You know, like, I, I think it was Obama, one of the last Obama um, campaigns, I think it was like Romney was near, like somewhere near like 55, 56% of white women voted for Obama. It just seems to be this clear cut thing, even in the 2000s, where mm-hmm. white women were, were still voting consistently Republican, even during a time where you'd think that more white women would be, you know, co- more college educated than there may have been 30, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. that they would be more independent towards you know, being more, maybe more pro-choice, but maybe we're like where there's something being lost in the in the conversation there. Maybe they're not nearly as as liberal as as we think. That the liberalism is really coming from the minority female vote, and that white women are actually still a little bit more on the fifty-fifty side when it comes to the types of things like on that level. Well, I think sometimes too it can have you know a kickback effect where women are seeing all of this information put in front of them in terms of like the news and, you know, the media outlets of you have to get out there and vote and you have to do this and you have to do that. And in their effort to try to rally these women, I think a lot of women kind of see that as, whoa, you're actually, you think you're giving me freedom. You're actually trying to control me. That's not how it's going to work. This is the way that I want to vote. It's like, it's, it's almost like backfiring. And I think a lot of women kind of just look at that and say, listen, I don't want to vote this way just because I'm a woman. I want to vote because I'm a human being and I believe in these rights. You know, there's some women that feel completely um, responsible, obviously, or are responsible for their body and they want to make the decision. But then there's other women that's like, you know what, I want to make sure that if I do get pregnant that a baby comes into this world and I don't want to give it up and I don't want some of my taxpayer money going towards that. You know, there's there's all this different, you know, argument to be had, but I think at the same time when media pushes and pushes so much saying that women really, you know, you have to get out here and vote and you're underrepresented, I think it's backfiring where women are saying actually no and you're not going to control me because just because of a woman i have to vote democrat right it's a little bit of it's an interesting dichotomy there i didn't want to just (laughs) call you on questions that just to do with politics and women but one of the reasons why i wanted to talk specifically about how certain demographics of women may decide to do and think differently Mm -hmm. and why leads me to the one of the main questions I really wanted to talk to you about and it was specifically having to do with women and athletics. The reason why I brought up the the vote in the in next month's really important election is because I really wanted to talk about Title Nine and how last year was the forty fifth anniversary of Title Nine. And the fact that we were talking about such a key issue like um like abortion, women's rights, Kavanaugh going on the Supreme Court, 
1972 is when Title IX became law. Since then, we went, we've gone from just around 300,000 female athletes in the collegiate level to over 3 million. There's obviously, over that time, a huge difference in how a female athlete thinks about Title IX. And I'm wondering if in the same, kind of in the same way, as almost like a metaphor for it, do you think women who played sports in high school get to college, is there more pressure to play a college sport because of the effect of what Title IX means? It's like, I need to play because there's this thing out there that's that was passed, it's law, that allows me to participate. So I should be participating more. And Or do you just feel that it's a breakthrough law that just allows me the opportunity? I can only speak to my own journey. I played sports throughout high school, three-season sports, so field hockey, basketball, and softball. I've been playing since I was young. And I made a decision when I got to University of Delaware saying, you know what, I just... I actually want to take a break from sport. It was just so much getting used to being at a college, you know, away from home. And the reason why I got back into uh, collegiate athletics was because there's this identity that forms when you're, you're an athlete and you participate in these team sports. For me, it wasn't so much well, I'm at a D1 school and I have this opportunity to play this, you know, division one athletics and it, it gets me on the, you know, same playing field. For me, it was more the missing of community and missing of those teammates that always had your back. You could rally around and they could rally around you. It was more of the missing link in my identity as to why I got back into athletics in college after I took that initial break. For some, it could be, it could be like, listen, I have this opportunity and I don't want to waste it. But like I said, for me, it was more along the lines of how it completed me essentially. And I don't mean to Jerry Maguire this, but it really, it really, it did. You complete me. (laughs) You're talking about your overall career, your growth as a human being. I mean, I'm wondering, if can you talk a little bit more about just where you are now in adulthood and as a mom, like how it has really shaped you? Interestingly enough, so I think sports gives you that kind of hard knock life in terms of you get beat. Sometimes you lose, sometimes you win. And when you're losing uh, and you get to this point where you get knocked down and you can get knocked down sometimes pretty hard and... Thankfully, uh, a lot of times it's just a game, right? Even though you're very passionate about it, your overall life moves on. But how that translates to when you move past college and if you don't become a professional athlete, and I think actually maybe even professional athletes would agree with me on this sense, is that it translates into every aspect of your life in terms of your job your parenting because you're gonna have those times where you fall down and you're gonna have those times it's just you think that you're never gonna win right whether it be at your job or be at your being a parent and it helps you with that identity it helps give you that strength and internal determination in terms of I can do this And it's almost like a competitive nature that you have within yourself because you know that you had that coach 
on your sideline with you, helping you through these um, games. And, you know, not to sound so cliche, but it truly is like the game of life, right? Where you learn all of these major characteristics about yourself and identities that you can then transfer over to other aspects of your life. And it helps you grow. It helps you get to a place where you know you can get back up in the morning and try again. Even though you're not playing a sport after college, I still take with me a lot of those learnings and developments that I had throughout high school and college and look back to them. Even though I was 17 or 18, right, and much more inexperienced than I am now in terms of things that I've gone through in my life, I still look back to that 17 or 18-year-old girl and see her as a motivating factor to get back up and, and do this. And whether it's, you know, continue with a job after like a really crappy day or, you know, having a tough time with a situation with the kids and keep going, she is actually my mentor in a weird sense. So you can translate to a lot of aspects of your life that you kind of don't even really know you're doing until you sit on a podcast and talk to your buddy about I think uh, I totally agree. I mean, it's funny for me. I mean, I can pinpoint two for sure. Leadership skills, I still, I can remember getting started in the business and career that I'm in now. Anytime I talked to a younger person getting started, I would always make metaphors, sports metaphors about where I picked up my leadership skills because I don't think I picked up my leadership skills from anywhere other than... Mm -hmm playing basketball and like just my position on on the teams that I was on people being under me that I was either mentoring during because my skills were either at a higher level than a lot of the other ones or I picked up my leadership skills there Mm -hmm. like to to help coach people and learning what that was like the second one which is I think the more funny one is I don't remember having a lot of confidence as a young man sports did all of that I can remember it's like it was always something that had to do with athletics where if you this is me taking the the great point that you made about having fortitude through the tough times anything from the losing and picking yourself back up and improving when you where you weren't very good at something this is me taking the adverse of where you felt good about yourself for achieving something or just being good at something and getting gaining some element of confidence that was different than the academic confidence that you get from doing well uh, either from the positive feedback you get from your parents for a good report card or something like that that this is self self motivated on a field or on a basketball court that I could take that confidence and you know maybe go ask a girl out on a date or something like that there was I can't do I couldn't get that confidence from academics it was going to come from something that was more from a male point of view masculine like something like on a football field or on a basketball court or something like that, I, was, I, I could use that as motivation to do something at a young uh, as a young man. Absolutely. And and these things can go on. You need to you need to find some type of example for that in your in your life. Not to hammer on the Title Nine stuff. People that think about Title Nine, they just think of it as it gave gir- uh, girls more opportunities to play sports, and that's it. But last year, the uh, Olympic athletes, the female Olympic athletes and their, the sexual harassment and misconduct claims that were going on in Michigan State is that, you know, without Title IX, 
schools didn't have to report sexual harassment claims. You wouldn't have had a, a lot of what went down at Michigan State. They would not have any history. You wouldn't be able to do that without Title IX. And I'm wondering, with everything that there is now in place, how do you feel about your daughter going into sports? Is it a, is it a major thing? Do you feel concerned? Do you feel like just more protective of it, or is it absolutely something you want to you know, support her in doing as she gets older. I would 110% support her going into sports. Yeah. I mean, I think there's unfortunate incidents like this at Michigan that you had mentioned. I do think these women in athletics do feel that they have the opportunity mm-hmm. to speak out now. And so by the time Grace, you know, gets into sports, if, if that's what she wants to do, and that's the route that she takes, I think at that point, I mean, who knows what it's going to be like, but we already know that we're on the fast track for women to be able to really lean in and not take any of this and have this be more open in terms of the ability to inhibit all of this from happening because it's just um, so regulated now and, and open and just women feel Um, that they can talk more about it. And I think the other thing too, honestly, Josh, is that I'm a firm believer that a lot of this starts in the home. And I'd say this meaning the confidence, having Grace being able to tell us if something happened or if something was uncomfortable about it. And I think that knowing my husband and I are able to give her that confidence where she can stand up against something if it does happen, being able to be comfortable enough with reporting it or telling us, and we're going to instill that in her. So I'm not worried in the sense of something happening to her and then having her being able to hide. I would hope that we would give her enough growing up where she would feel empowered to say something if something did happen. I think that there's always going to be, unfortunately, it's just, um, maybe it's a pessimistic view, but I do think that there's going to be times always where stuff happens, but hopefully it's diminishing, especially in these extreme cases that we're hearing about because of the fact that women just aren't taking it anymore and they feel okay to speak out. And people, and I think the other thing is too, they feel okay to speak out because they know people are listening to them and they're hearing them. Right. And I think that's the difference. They felt like they were doing that, you know, silent screaming from the mountaintop where nobody was listening to them. Do you think young girls, like, you know, in a few years when Grace's might be a little bit older, but do you think just young girls in general have enough women to look up to in female sports? Or do you think they look up to... Do they think they look up to more of the male athletes as role models? I think it's a mixture of both, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm hoping that they look at it at both. I'm hoping that women, they want to look up to a woman because of what she has accomplished, aspiring to. But I also hope that they're also looking to these male figures as well. If women truly want to be on an even playing field, you've got to have both in the mix. I don't think it's healthy for women just to be aspiring and looking up to these women. I mm-hmm. think it's healthy to look at both, right? I I never did. I don't 
I actually had yeah. family members that I looked up to. I had my father's and I had my um, grandfather that who I never met, but even though I, I looked up to him, I never really had any type of professional athletes that I looked to. But I will say now that I am a mom and post-college athlete, Seeing these women, especially with the Olympics and Serena Williams, and I mean, you name it, there's somebody in every sport. I mean, gosh, it's like even cage wrestling. I mean, you name it, there's a woman in the sport that can do it. And I think that it's so great to see because you look back and you're like, wow, that is so cool. Like, it, there's no limits, yeah. right? But I also think too, Josh, it's so important for people to look at like the, I forget his name. His, I know his first name is Shaquem, but the, the kid on the Seattle Seahawks that doesn't have a um, left hand. And to be able to look at any human in that light to say, there are no limitations. You can do anything you want, whether you're a man or female. If you really set your mind and your heart to it, you can do it. So I'm hoping. Oh right, that... yeah, Shaquem Griffin, the kid from the from the the Colin yeah. Kaepernick Nike commercial. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm thinking the Gillette commercial where he was with his dad and his brother. But yeah, okay, that's, oh, okay. that's cool all right. too. He's um... all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I I I'm really hoping that women feel whatever drives them and motivates them to aspire to be greater and give them the confidence that they can do something if they put their mind to it, I'm all for it. You think we'll ever see a female athlete in Major League Baseball, the NHL, NBA, or NFL? Never say okay. never. Because we've come close, right? We've come close. There's been like, I know that I, I can remember seeing, you know, a female kicker tryout or you know, when the Olympics come around, you see some of these female hockey players or because they have their own leagues, will there ever be a, you know, a consideration for this or does it to you even matter? Would, would, should we even question that they have their league? We have our league. That opens up a whole nother can of worms to be quite <laughs> honest with you, because if you go down from the professional league where it's starting to actually trickle into the high school leagues. So for instance, there's a ton of female kickers on football teams now, football high school yeah. teams. You see those stories all the time where, oh, the high school football female kicker, you know, she put the homecoming, she got homecoming queen and she had to take her <laughs> crown off to put on her helmet, you know, and all that stuff, which is fine, which is yeah. great. But I do think, though, there is a double standard. There truly is. And I could be in the minority with this thinking, but if you're allowing women to go on men's teams, but then there's a huge uproar when men want to play on like high school field hockey teams wow. or women's soccer team. Or Now that we're getting there after me even asking the question, I think I threw that out there wanting to see what your opinion might be, and I don't have the answer. Right. You know, I, th I think it was – I remember seeing these stories just starting to get larger media attention when I was younger – as if like we wanted to try to level the playing field and now that the playing field is a hell of a lot more level you know with actual professional leagues i mean i think this was even started before the WNBA was even a thing you know maybe it's not even necessarily needed as a a question you brought up serena williams that the i think one of the main reasons why i was curious about about um someone to look up to is that even if she was i wonder if there'd be a, a 
any male out there that would say Serena's my favorite athlete. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. A guy would be like, no, yeah, no, no. There's always, you know, LeBron will always be number one. I like Serena, but like you know, but and that's why I was like, should do you feel as? A, and it was interesting to hear what you had to say because I'm wondering if women would want want to have like an empowerment, empowering their kids, their especially their daughters to find yourself a Mia Hamm, find yourself a Serena Williams and let them be your guide. You can like LeBron James, but they should not be the one you're fully invested in. It should be one of these people. Yeah, I I mean, from a personal standpoint, if Grace looked up to, let's just say for argument's sake, Tom Brady. Sure. And she's like, you know what? I really, really want to play football. Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly. And, And you know what? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Why not? It's great. It's fantastic. It inspires you. It motivates you. I don't think, because it's funny, it, it, we're getting back to that conversation piece of make sure that women are following women and we're actually putting limitations on ourselves when we think we're not, but we are. With my kids, if Daniel thought you know, if he gets into volleyball or something, I don't know. I don't think he would. He loves baseball. But if he did, <laughs> and he loves Kerry Walsh. Right. And Or he likes, you know, beach volleyball. And he just loves to watch her. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I just, I think that allowing your child to find somebody that inspires them and motivates them to do what they want to do in terms of sport, it shouldn't be marked by a gender indicator no it's a very no it's a great point it's a, it's a great point i whenever i think of serena it's funny whenever i think of her i'm and maybe it's just because of my movie background i'm just i'm waiting for her movie i'm right. still, it's been so long and i know she's on like the back end of her, her career but like before she's actually gone i'm just I, I don't understand why there isn't like a biopic yet because you don't want to do it before after she's gone you want to do it when she's still the best it would it would make the most money maybe that's just my movie right. person do you have like when it comes to that stuff do you do you have like a, a favorite female sports movie so i was thinking about this it was and i forget the name of it oh god but you're you're going to know it you're going to know it it's <laughs> the hillary swank boxing movie with clint eastwood really million dollar baby is your favorite female sports movie i think from that's like a an, tissue an, box movie Pretty much, pretty much. But I think from an inspiration aspect, it kind of opened my eyes and just gave me this whole different perspective into this historically male-dominated world and how she kind of was breaking the barrier and, and breaking through this. Frankie like to say that boxing is an unnatural act, that everything in boxing is backwards. Sometimes best way to deliver a punch is step back but step back too far you ain't fighting at all you're trying to tell me <laughs> if you're gonna sit down and watch a female sports movie and somebody hands you a dvd of million dollar baby or a league <laughs> of their own you're gonna go i really want to watch million dollar baby no I'll- i don't yeah no i would pick league of their own i definitely <laughs> would i definitely would we're gonna win you're gonna win! <laughs> You're gonna win. You're gonna win. You stink. You're gonna win. You're gonna... 
Olivia Leron is great. <laughs> There's, I mean, that's a classic. I don't know. There was something about Million Dollar Baby where it just turned the tables for me in just a different light. Yeah. Next than... time you, uh, you're up visiting home, I'm going to make sure... <laughs> Jill Hool and Jill and all your friends are like, what are you guys doing? We're, oh, we're just going to sit around having some wine and watch a movie. I'm like, please, somebody bring over Million Dollar Baby. And they're all going to look at me like, well, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm like, well, she's the one who likes it. Well, here, here's the It's got a rough thing. ending, by the way, everybody, if you haven't seen it. It was it did come out 15 years ago. So, But here's the other thing, too. The other movie, and this isn't a sports movie, but this <laughs> literally made me want to go for like a 10 mile run afterwards because I felt so like, wow, woman, hear me roar, was Wonder Woman. I am Diana of Themyscira, daughter of Hippolyta. In the name of all that is good, your wrath upon this world is over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, that, to me, is the ultimate. I mean, it's not sports-related. So if we're not talking sports-related, that would be my number one because that was totally... But is that because you were just thinking about Chris Pine the whole time? or No, no. <laughs> I know. I know what you're trying to get at. No, I mean, God, like, those, like, Amazon women were just, like, totally badass. I can't say that on podcast. I'm sorry, but yeah. Like, no, you can say that. It's so... just, it's funny because anybody who hasn't seen Wonder Woman hears you say Amazon women and they don't know if it's like some river women down in <laughs> South America. No, they're, they're badass women that just take control. So if you haven't seen it, you definitely, I highly recommend it. And I don't want to be friends with you anyway if you haven't seen Wonder Woman by now. But yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a, yeah. No, I'm with you. It's an absolute, it's a fantastic. Is that what you're being for uh, Halloween? <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to be a tired mom for Halloween. That's what I'm going to be. Sweet. Yeah. Solid costume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just me with um, baggy, baggy pants and, and a sweatshirt. Yeah. And baggy a pants and a sweatshirt. But yeah, I, gosh, Wonder Woman. That was just, I was so rubbed up after that. <laughs> it was crazy. So, yeah. Are most of your friends that you had from high school people that played sports? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we grew up in such a small town. I yeah. think pretty much everybody played every single sport. and But most of my friends, yeah, we all were part of that sports family. And it just made you have a whole new connection because you all knew what each other was going through especially if you were getting to those you know playoff times and such and you each just carried each other along and I think that's what's so helpful too in high school is that I hope and my wish is for anybody whether you play sports or not to take that aspect out of the sports realm in terms of having a community or a network of people around you to carry you when you're not feeling so great and then when you're on the high and they're not feeling so great you can do some carrying yourself I think that that's what's so at the real crux of this is that you have that network of people you can lean on and it's just so important and it's been so helpful moving through different phases of life where you can lean on each other still because you had that connection 
back in high school and, you know, for me, even college, um, you know, playing crew at Delaware and having my teammates there for me because you've gone through all of this stuff together. I just, you know, that's my hope for anybody is that have that network of people surrounding you because you can't do it by yourself. I just had, Kyle's. I just had one last question. Do you think you would have ended up the same kind of person if you hadn't played sports throughout your life? <laughs> Definitely not. Why? I learned so much, whether it was, you know, gaining the confidence, the leadership skills, the determination, quite frankly, of how I got to where I am today based upon sports and learning to fail and learning to succeed. I would have been in a whole other ball game. You think you've been doing a different kind of profession, Do you, like, or is it mostly uh, the stuff we've been talking about more about personality? It could be profession. Um, I mean, I, I did start out in the sports world, if you remember. So she's from Boston, everybody, and she worked for the Ravens. <laughs> just for a little bit, just for a little bit. Then I transferred <laughs> to the right team. But I mean, who knows? Who knows in terms of professional? profession but from a personal aspect absolutely I would not be the person I am today and I'm glad I was able to bring those characteristics with me that I learned in high school and college because we all go through hard times nobody is you know everybody has them and you know you go through them and having that experience in high school and college I think can get you some pretty through some pretty tough times, and it can also get you, get you through some pretty awesome times. Because guess what? As much as you want to stay on top of that mountain, that mountain has another side to it. So you got to stay humble. <laughs> I, I definitely think I'd be totally different. All right, Kyle's. Thanks so much for doing this with me. Thanks for being my guest on the Exit Thirty Four podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh. It was so good to catch up. I appreciate it. It was so much fun to talk to you, Campbell Soup. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you all for listening in. Of course, you can still find us again on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Please subscribe to us on Facebook. And, of course, if you can, like us on iTunes to increase our popularity. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace!